0: Well today, um, usually I start preaching right away, but can I do a little um, a little bit of a announcement for you today? I'm going to need some helpers, so uh, I need John, and Caleb, and, and Bryce sure, and, and Mr. Isaac, if you don't mind helping us, and Gabe. Listen, I, um, if you haven't been out Wednesday night, uh, we, we've been through in Ephesians, so I've been reading a, a lot of Ephesians, right? It's been fun. And so I really, this, I'm... If you were here on Wednesday, this might be a little bit of a like, hey, we already saw this. But um, I wanted to mention this. Everybody say heart and soul. Heart and soul. So everybody's got their bulletin today. We've been talking about this thing, heart and soul. And it starts Wednesday, uh, February 12th. We're doing three of them. That's it. Three. Three and done. Not one and done, but three and done. And I'm excited about them. They're at night. They're on a Wednesday. And I want to invite everybody. If you want to get closer to the Lord, if you want to celebrate with us what God's doing, if you want to hear new vision and say, God, what's the vision for my life? All of those things are great. But I want to read you this quick scripture, and I want to show you a little bit of something. Thank you for coming up, guys. I'll show you what to do here in a minute. So look what it says in Ephesians 4, verse 2. It says, be completely humble and gentle. That's hard to do, isn't it? And be patient, bearing with one another in love. Isn't it awesome when you're connected with people, good people, that you know like, hey, they got your back. Hey, this person's a friend of mine. Hey, when I show up at church, I know I've got people around me I can pray with that can love on me. Isn't that good? That's for four of us. Good, good. Just kidding. It says says here, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, I read that probably a hundred times at least. And when we were in the middle of our Wednesday night, God kind of gave me a visual. I'm a visual person. Anybody visual? You're like, you got to see it. Like right, so what we're gonna do today is, um, are, are you cool with us calling you the Holy Spirit just for a minute? Okay, all right, come on over here. And so imagine um, what the scripture is saying is to be united, right, with with other believers. So it's easy for these two guys to be friends, right? Come on, like shake hands, do the do the man, the bro, the bro thing, right? It's that's easy. But if something happens, right, they're they're disconnected. They're, they're disconnected. Oh, oh, like oh. oh no. I, you're not my gamer anymore. I'm not my gamer friend anymore, <laughs> right? So that that's that kind of happens, doesn't it? And even in churches, that happens. And people are like, "Well, they don't like this, or they or they're not nice, or whatever," right? That happens sometimes. But what I saw, when I when I thought about this scripture over here, it says, "Look, look, verse three, make every effort to keep." The unity of the Spirit. So what it's saying is, believers, um, if we're not connected, everybody come on over and get connected to the Spirit, right? Get connected to God's Spirit over here. All right, when we're not connected to the Spirit, it's easy for us to unlink our arms it's easy for us to not be united right it's easy for us to kind of go through our day-to-day life and and be disconnected from our church family from 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 the people that we know that we're connected with but guess what if Gabe is connected to the spirit and Bryson over here is super connected (laughs) right He's a super Christian over here. And then John's kind of like, yeah, I'm connected-ish right back here. And then you're, you know, you're tall, so you get in the back. He's got his back. But if we're all connected to the Spirit, then we're all connected to each other. Amen. Amen. So my goal as your pastor, isn't that awesome? I'm your pastor. That's pretty cool. My goal as your pastor, I'm just connected, is that we all get together on Wednesday nights in February and hear what God has for our heart and soul, Amen. Come on, let's give it up for all these people. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, you're not connected anymore to the Naskin. Well, let's jump right in, and uh, we are we're starting a series this morning called "Who's Lord Over Your Fill in the Blank." All right. So we're going to fill in the blank today, and for the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about a few items, and. Uh, you think about this for a minute. People are emotional, aren't they? Anybody emotional? Anybody emotional about their football teams? Yeah. Yes. They even wear them the day they're not even at the Super Bowl. I see the jerseys back there. <laughs> Love you guys. Don't like your team. Um, but we get emotional, right? We get emotional. Right? Uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, when you get emotional, your heart starts to beat a little, little more, right? Right? And so, we, we are emotional beings. I know I can be emotional. Right? <laughs> she can too. Running on the front row. But, you know, emotion is really a natural instinct that God gave us. Right? If a bear is running after us, we're going to get emotional and get these feet running, right? And it's hopefully you're quicker than the person that you're with. Then you're good. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the person with you. But it's kind of our natural instinct. It's, it's, um, it comes from circumstances that maybe that we're in. We get emotional or a mood that we're in or a relationship with others. Um, our, our emotions come from those situations that we find ourselves in. Maybe it's watching a sports game. Maybe it's someone says something we don't like. Maybe it's, if it's, when I get emotional, is when someone cuts in line. I don't like that. I don't like those things. When someone cuts in line. You know, my, my wife let me, uh, I don't think she's in here, but she let me share this today. She's like, I said, do you have any emotional stories? She's like, every time she goes clothes shopping, she goes in, she spends a long time at stores I don't like. Like, I won't mention them today. Yeah, you all know. And she goes in and she picks out all of these things. She tries a few on and then she comes home with two or three things. She gets home and then the next day, guess what she does? She drives down. I was like, I could have like had a hamburger for the amount of money you spent just driving there and back. But she, we get emotional, right? So we get home we're like, I don't you got to start thinking about it. Maybe that was too much or I don't like the color or whatever, right? We're all, we're all emotional in certain areas. And you're kind of thinking about some of the areas you're emotional in. And maybe you're thinking today about some of your negative, the negative things that you do when your emotions run high. Maybe you say things you shouldn't say, right? Anybody been there? The room just got quiet, right? Maybe around your spouse. It's easy to be emotional with them and say things you, you maybe shouldn't say. You know, I, I get emotional during movies, okay? Like, like I cry in car movies. I, I'll cry in any movie that has some emotion in it. Any criers like that admit that you cry during movies? Come on. Real men cry during movies. <laughs> you know, we are emotional beings, aren't we? We love, we grieve, we have joy, we're happy, we're stressed, we have anxiety, we have fear, there's some drama, maybe if you're in middle school, right? We feel all sorts of things throughout our day. We kind of, some of us are on this roller coaster, right? We get some lunch in us, we're better. But emotions are really a natural thing, right? So it's not like you can decide what emotion you have, but guess what, church? You can decide what you do with your emotion. You can decide how you react and interact with the emotion that, that you have at the time. You know, I love the people who, who are artistic people, who make music, right? That, that comes from some emotion, right? Or, or draw or paint or do, make movies. All those things are a natural thing that God gave us. To do something special in the world. And so emotions are not bad in and of themselves, but it's what we do with our emotions that can lead us down the wrong path. Right? It can lead us to sin. It can lead us to make wrong choices. It can lead us. To maybe not even trusting God. Look at Abraham, how emotional Abraham and Sarah were in Genesis, right? God's like, hey guys, I got this awesome plan. You're gonna have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And they're like, Yeah, that's a good word, Lord. Thank you. And guess what? They they never had a baby, they never had a baby, and they're getting older and older. And Sarah's like, Listen, just take this is a true story, right? From the Bible. Take take my servant and have a child with her. Really dumb idea, right? Yeah. I was like, what? But guess what? When we get emotional, we make dumb decisions. And guess what? God came in later and still gave them Isaac, the promised child that he was going to give them. Our, our emotions sometimes get the best of us. Something may trigger us. Maybe we have a trigger, like if someone says this, or someone cuts in the line, or someone honks at me when I'm driving. And we react in a certain way. How can we live a full life? This is the question I was kind of asking myself this week. How can I live a full life in Christ as an emotional being? I'm going to have emotions. God gave me emotions for a purpose. But how can I live? So I want to look at this verse, and then we're going to pray and jump right in. But Luke 6, uh, 46. It says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Come on, let's pray over the word today. Lord, I pray that you would speak life and freedom into the room. Lord, the hearts and minds would, would, uh, would be in a position to be molded and shaped today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, isn't it awesome to be together as a church? I love, I love getting to be, be here with you guys. And I love getting to come and share the good news. But you know, this is just as much for me as it is for you. You know, I preach things that I'm learning, that I'm going through. And so, how can we live this full life in Christ as emotional beings? Number one, I want to ask this question. Who's Lord over your emotions? That's kind of our point one and our big question for the day. Who is Lord over your emotions? Everybody say emotions. Emotions. You know, first we have to ask ourselves, who's Lord over these emotions of mine? Is it me? Do I decide when I get an emotion, this is what I'm going to do now? Or is it somebody else around me or a spouse? Is it the media, like, hey, I'm going to be, or my boss? Who decides what you do with your emotions, right? We get in a situation with our boss and we maybe lose it. Or we're like, I, I can't stand this person. Or our kids. Or is Jesus Lord of our emotions? Now, let's understand Lord for a moment. Because maybe you're like, what do you mean? What do we mean by Lord? Because in America, right, we elect officials. We don't have kings and queens in America, right, since, 19, or since 1776, right? That almost says 1976. But we don't, we don't have a king or a queen over our country, right? We elect, we elect a president. We elect um, people in Congress, so we have elections, so we get to decide who's there and who's not there. Hey, if they're helping me out or if I like what they're doing, vote it in, right? If not, nope, not putting them on the ballot this time and so we we don't always think about this this idea of Lord or someone who is who is above us, right Because in America's awesome, we have this freedom we we you know me and Ian, Ian and I are equals, even though he has red hair, we're like we're good. He's like, stop. we're." You're a little bit taller than me, so we're not quite equals. But we, we, we sometimes don't understand this idea of Lord. You know, Lord means having power, authority, or influence. Maybe you're a master or a ruler. And now if we think about it just with other people, that's we don't we don't like that, right? People were like, No, no one's no one's my boss. But when we think about God and we think about this question today, is Is God our Lord? Is he our Lord? Look what it says in Romans 10, 9-10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You know, we love Savior Jesus, right? Like, hey, I'm, I, was, I was on my road, I was on the wrong road down to the bad place, hell, right? I was going this way, and I wasn't doing the right things, but he's now my Savior. I love Jesus as Savior, right? Come on, let's celebrate Jesus as Savior, right? Oh, I love miracle Jesus, right? So when I, want, when I need a miracle, when something's going on in my life, and I need a miracle... I love miracle Jesus, right? Come on, let's celebrate miracle Jesus. Seriously. Isn't that awesome? That we have a miracle, wonder-working God, right? And I love joyful Jesus, right? He gives me joy and hope and dreams and visions. I love that part of Jesus. He's a grace-filled Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That he has grace, that he's forgiven of our sins. We talked about it in the songs today, right? We love We love, 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 love grace-filled Jesus. But when it comes to Lord Jesus, when it comes to leadership Jesus, Lord over everything Jesus, sometimes where it's hard for us to submit to his Lordship. It's quiet in here today. It's hard for us to see that every time. Because you're like, wow, no one's the boss of me. I think sometimes even as Christians, we have a hard time accepting Christ as Lord. We can accept him as Savior. We can accept him as miracle worker. We can accept him as our deliverer, our freedom fighter, all of those great things. But when it comes to Lord, we're like, I don't know. You know Jesus is Lord the Bible says. It says last week we 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 read the scripture that he's Lord even over the Sabbath. So he's even above the Sabbath, the rest. You know Jesus is a miracle worker. But you know there's one place that Jesus can't work. Say where? Second place. He's a miracle-working God, but you know where he can't work, church? Second place. Because in second place, he's not Lord. Something else is Lord. You know, I want to read this parable. You know, this is the first parable in the Gospel of Luke that that we read about. And we've talked about this at church before, but I want to hit a little bit of a different light on it today. Someone's beating on the wall. Luke 6. Let's look at Luke 6 together. If you want to look at Luke 6. And this is the first parable in in the Gospel of Luke. And it's the end of this great sermon that Jesus is speaking to people. Crowds of people, imagine this. Crowds of people are following Jesus. And he gets to the top of this mountain. He said, okay, I'm going to preach and he, he must have spoke all day, right? Because if you read through, even in Matthew, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's a long message. And he goes through a lot of great things, but this is the very last thing that he says in the sermon. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, maybe this is one of the most important pieces. So let's read here, Luke six forty six 46 to, to 49, it says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? When you don't do what I say, you know, maybe that's a question for us today. He was questioning his disciples. He was questioning the followers that were around him because he knew their hearts, right? He's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you're saying Lord, Lord, which you're saying you're you're my leader, but why aren't you following my leadership? Why aren't you following what I've called you to do? I've given you church, right? Maybe he said he's given you something to do. Maybe he wants you to serve. Maybe he wants you to read your Bible. Maybe he wants you to pray. He's like, you're calling me Lord, Lord, but why aren't you doing what I say? Now, that can kind of sound judgy on the surface. However, I want us to look a little deeper into what he's saying here. It says this, verse 47, I will show you. So he wants to paint a picture for them. I'll show you. He's not just saying, hey, why, why don't you do this? But he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna flesh out. He's going to let them know what he means here. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me. Isn't that awesome? So he's going to say, look, I'm going I'm to show you what it looks like. I'm going to give you a visual. We all like visuals. I love visuals. So he's going to show us visually what it looks like when, number one, someone comes to me. Number two, listens to my teaching. And then number three, right up here, what? And then follows it. Verse 48, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on a solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. God's saying, Jesus is saying here to his disciples, hey, listen, when you come to me, when you call me Lord, Lord, when you listen to my teaching and follow me, it's like you're building this big house, this beautiful place on a solid foundation that when something shows up, when something comes up, you know where we, you stand. You stand on me. That you stand on the solid rock, on a solid foundation, and you're following my leadership. And when you follow my leadership, and you say, Lord, Lord, and you actually declare it, and you do what I say, then you're in the place I've called you and want you to be. Amen? And so look what it says here next. It says, but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground. We wouldn't do that. Well, maybe in Florida, right? Concrete block house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So he's he's questioning his the followers. He's questioning us today. Hey, if you call me Lord, Lord, why why don't you do as I say? God isn't God isn't. Lord because he wants to dictate your life. He's Lord because he wants you to live a full and beautiful life. Amen. Come on. You know, if we do what he's saying, he's saying you're building for the future. You're building your life in a place that I've called you to build it. Your, your life won't be perfect, but you will stand firm. When something comes, you'll stand firm. You know, I, I think in our culture, we get emotional, right? We're talking about emotions today. We get emotional. We see something on the news, or we see this, or we see something like, I think that's good. I think that's right. And instead of like asking the Lord or looking at our Bible, we just, we kind of go with our emotions, Like, ah, that feels good. Yeah, I think we're good there. But we're falling for things, church. We're falling for what the enemy wants us to fall for. And it's because we're not standing on that firm foundation. We don't stand for something. We'll fall for a lot of things. You know, those who hear his words and act on them are secure. Like a man building a house on a rock, a rock, right? And so, like a man who builds his house on, you know, it's not the right foundation, it's, it's destructive. Right? So we can use our emotions for good things, but we can also use our emotions to do wrong things. And to lead the wrong life. Look what it says in Matthew 28, 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So he's declaring, this was, this was after he rose from the dead, right? He's declaring, hey, I'm Lord. And then he goes on to say, Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Disciple them. Go. Do it. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to give us that same authority. He said, I have it. I'm the Lord. Go and do. So, so the, the question today is, what? Who's Lord over your emotions? And then the second idea today is this. If he is Lord over your emotions it can't be business as usual. If he is Lord over our emotions, it can't be business as usual. You know, believers, we're not usual, right? We may look different from our culture. We're unusual. We're different. We're called to be different. And it makes me think of this story... About Jesus in a, a very emotional time that he went through, you know that Jesus, when he was here, was a hundred percent man. Yes, he was 100 percent God, but he came to live and to be part of us. And so he came and he had similar emotions that we have, right? You remember the time that Jesus came in to the flipped over the tables? Some emotion there, right? And so this is a very emotional time that I'm going to tell you about. It's pretty interesting. Look at this Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with them. This was just after the Last Supper. And so just after the Last Supper. Christ knows something's about to happen, that he's about to be sacrificed, that he's going to take on all of the sin of the world. None of us could ever imagine the emotion at that moment. Only him. He, he can feel it. His heart's beating. It says that he's sweating. sweating so much that he's so stressed that there's even blood coming through his sweat. So then it says, Then Jesus went with them to the, to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Let's pause there for a minute. Look at this. Jesus is in this emotional state. Right? And we've all been in emotional situations. Maybe every day. Maybe it's good emotions. Maybe it's not so good. We're in these emotional states. Well, Jesus shows us what to do when we have, when our emotions run high and maybe we're stressed out about something or there's something that is triggering us, he shows us what to do. Number one, pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Number one, he's, he's, he's showing us, I'm going to pray. Number two, he's showing us that, yes, when our, our emotions are trying to take over, we still put God in first place. Look what he says here. In verse 39, yet yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. Because his man side, saying, God, I don't know if I can do this. He went and did it. But he's saying, But not my will be done. God, your will be done. So who is Lord over your emotions? Do you just run to whatever feels good in that emotional moment? Or do you say, God, not my will. Your will be done. Because remember, we we know we're going to have emotions, right? Our emotions are here. But God's will is here. His will is higher. He can see the end game, right? We're down here like... I think I can see it. He's up here saying, no, no, you got this. I'm leading you to the promised land. Right? Imagine the, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and they get to the Red Sea and they're like, what is going to happen here? They're going to come. Moses, remember, they're complaining. They're getting emotional. Oh, Moses brought us out here. We complain sometimes too, right? Moses brought us out here in the desert to die. And God's like, no, no, no. You're my children. I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. If I have to get a bird down here and take you across the Red Sea, if we've got to split it wide open, whatever I've got to do to get you through, I'm going to do it. And so guess what? Moses sticks his staff near there, and the waters begin to recede to the right, to the left. And the people of Israel walked on Dry land. Imagine the guy in the back. is like, oh, I saw that coming. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I had no worries at all. No, no, you were the guy complaining back there. But we are all get emotional, right? But God's like, listen, in your emotion, if you can do this in your emotion and say, hey, listen, I'm emotional right now. This moment is going to pass. And if I put my, my trust in God, I think we need more amens today. This moment is going to pass soon. And God's will is up here saying, hey, we're going to get it through. We're going to get through. That's why he could sleep in the back of the boat during the storm. Jesus is like, oh, that's all good. We got this. God's got it. And when we say, I'm 100% all in, we're calling him Lord. Not just Savior. Not just miracle worker. Amen. Notice when Jesus was emotional, he prayed. He took special time to pray. Listen, I think Jesus was a little bit emotional against the disciples. He's like kind of getting annoyed with them, right? He's like, come on, guys, you're sleeping? It's prayer time. It's go time. Like the game is almost over. You know what, church? The game's almost over. And it's time to pray hard, to serve hard. In all that God has called us to do. Because the game's almost over. Jesus is coming back. I don't know if anybody told you before. He's coming back for his church. And he's looking for a church that says, Yeah, he's Lord. He's not just Savior. He's not just miracle worker. He's Savior. I'm going to put my feet on the solid rock of Jesus. And when the storm comes, I'm going to stand firm. When the emotions run high, I'm going to stand here on the solid rock. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Amen. Amen. And imagine if Jesus can do this when he's facing the cross. If Jesus can do this when he's facing the cross, and he's been through it before, even more than you, then he can see you through. Amen? He knew a hard time was coming. He could take all the Father could give him. I think, church, we we can take all we can get from the Father, right? We We need to take all we can get. If it's the power he wants to give us through his Spirit if it's wisdom, if it's knowledge, then let's, let's take it. But I think a lot of times we say, well, what's in it for me? Right? The church in America is like, well, I'm going to shop around. I'm going to look around to see what it's, what's, what's in it for me. But listen, if we didn't have any lights or a screen today and there was no air conditioning and maybe no power and no free coffee, will we still show up? Will we still show up and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? We should, will we still show up when we're tired, <laughs> when it's raining. I was going to say when it's snowing, when it's snowing. But you know what? Who is Lord? Is it our tiredness? Is it the rain or is Jesus our Lord? Is it the free coffee is our Lord? Or is it the lights or the air conditioning? Or who's our Lord? Is it Jesus? Well, I can't, I can't play with the kids today or do the devotion today. I've got Netflix. Is Netflix your Lord? Or is Jesus your Lord? You're like, oh, you're making us feel bad. Listen, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> it's time for us to raise up, to rise up, and to be bold believers. You say, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to pray just a little bit longer. I'm going to read just a little bit more. I'm going to take someone some breakfast, right? I'm going to give someone a Bible, I'm just mentioning stuff that people do in our church. It's amazing. I'm not going to wait for Pastor Landon to come up with some campaign to go do missions in the community. I'm just going to go and do it. Let's do it. Let's stand as we go today. So my big question is, is he Lord or not? You know, face... Placing Jesus as our Lord and not just our Savior, not just our miracle worker, not just the one that we lean on, it's a posture. Maybe the posture looks like this. Maybe the posture looks like this. But when we make him our Lord, it's, it's a posture. It's this thing saying, you know what? I'm secure. I can put, I can go all in on Jesus. I can place everything that that I am, everything that I have, all of my dreams, all of my cares, all of my worries, all of my stress, I can put it right there. And you say, Lord, Lord. Amen. You know, emotions are temporary, right? You see in our culture, politics, commercials. I want to tell this one last thing. I had to think about it this way. Here's what emotions look like. You go to a car salesman. You're looking for a car. And you know what he wants you to do? He wants you to take it for a drive or a ride, Whatever. He wants you to sit in his office. He wants to crunch the numbers. He wants to bring you a drink. He wants to bring you a snack. He doesn't want you to leave that building because you're emotional right now. You know, the enemy's the same way. You don't leave. I want you in this little emotional state right now because when you leave, you start hearing from the Lord. When you go home, you start running the numbers. That car is way too expensive for me. That loan's going to be way too high for my family. It gives you this great perspective when you allow God to bring you outside of that emotion and you can see higher. You can see further. The enemy wants us to be led by our emotions. God wants us in his presence to be led by him. If you're in your emotional state and you're led by the enemy... You end up paying the price. But you know what? Jesus already paid the price. It's free. And you can be free indeed. He already paid it at Calvary 2,000 years ago on the cross. Look what Psalm 18.2 says. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler, not butler, don't get that wrong, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. Everybody say tower. If the Lord is our high tower, wouldn't that mean that he sees further than where we can see? That when we're in our emotional state, we say, God, I know you see the end. I'm going to put my full trust in you because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You know where I'm headed, you know where I've been. Let's close our eyes for a moment. If you say today, I want to make him Lord of my life, would you just raise your hand all over the place? Say, I've been making him my Savior, I've been making him my miracle worker. But I want to make him Lord of my life today. Would you put your hand on it? Yeah. Lots of people. I see 50 hands. Amen. 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 And if maybe you made that decision for the first time, we have a free book. It's called Fresh Start. Grab one of those. But let's, can we pray this together? Jesus, I'm making you Lord of my life. Lead me. Your Lord over my emotions. Thank you for paying the price for my salvation. Thank you for the free gift of grace in Jesus name. and the church celebrated. Come on, church. The prayer guide. You have a prayer guide right there. Hey, before you go, we are starting today. Um, if you didn't get one yet, uh, volunteers at the back may have one. We are starting our 20 days of prayer. So in this book, you'll find a few things. You'll find a little bit about prayer. Like, I've never prayed before. Listen, just start. It's God doesn't want to make it complicated. You Just talk to him. So we got that in there. Pray first. We, we talk a little bit about fasting. That's between you and the Lord. Maybe you fast food. That's the biblical fast. Maybe you fast 20 days, maybe you fast a week, maybe you fast a meal, maybe you fast Netflix, maybe you fast social media. And then in the very middle, you'll see the days. And uh, maybe you, um, if you could grab one of these, it would be awesome. This starts tomorrow. And each day we're praying for a certain thing. So imagine the church all together, every day we're praying together the same sort of things. Pray for your family and your home, that's day one. Pray for your neighbors by name, if you know them, right? So it goes all through there, what we're praying for. And then at the back, in here, there's a place for notes. And then there's also a place where we're going to have prayer meetups. So we'll have every Tuesday and Wednesday there's things. And then we're doing our special heart and soul nights so grab one of those. Can we, can we pray one more time together? Grab someone's hand. Lord, I just thank you as we start this moment of prayer and fasting, as we start February strong, Lord, with heart and soul, and as we start with these 20 days of prayer, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to show us you. Continue to give us those dreams and visions and miracles and signs and wonders, Lord. Thank you for everything you do for your church. In Jesus' name. And the church said... Come on, we love you.